This is Parked Up Plus, the place of pace for motor racing news thanks to Race Fuels. From supercars to club racing, Race Fuels keeps Australian motorsport moving, supplying premium products when and where racers need it. And fueling the latest news and views is Parked Up Plus. Coming up, life after Sandown, where Melbourne's new super circuit will be. Mega Albert Park Preview, exclusive insight from Martin Brundle and Damon Hill. IndyCar Street Party, will Scotty be celebrating in Long Beach? Plus, SVG stars on the stages and details of a new Aussie V8 series. All this and more straight ahead on Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. Hi there, race fans. As excitement builds for Formula One's return to Melbourne, there's big news about a new permanent circuit. Not for the Grand Prix, but for year-round car and motorcycle racing. A $120 million multi-purpose track just outside Melbourne is set to replace Sandown before the end of the decade. Backed by the Victoria government, an international standard circuit would be the centrepiece of a motor industry innovation park. As well as car and motorcycle racing, the new Outer Melbourne track will be designed for automotive testing and driver training. Parked Up Plus has learned that Motorsport Australia is in deep discussions with state authorities to establish a showcase permanent circuit on the city's western outskirts. Internally, the project has been dubbed Australia's home of motorsport. The state-of-the-art complex, let's call it Melbourne International Raceway, is aimed at taking over from Sandown and much more. Sandown's owner has applied for rezoning of the site in Melbourne's inner southeast to allow residential redevelopment. Best guess is that Sandown has no more than five more years as a combined horse and car racing venue. With the suburban circuit's end in sight, Motorsport Australia and Daniel Andrews Labor State Government have targeted the other side of Melbourne for a multi-purpose track. The front-running location is at Backers Marsh, 50 kilometres northwest of the city. An alternative site is at Little River, 50 kilometres southwest on the road to Geelong. Word is that the ruling Labor Party will commit to funding the project if re-elected in November's state election. Estimated to cost $120 million, the track would double as an independent motor industry proving ground. The facility is also likely to include a dedicated driver and rider training centre. Motorsport Australia has been working with Motorcycle Australia to devise an international standard circuit suitable for top-level cars and bikes. Not Formula One, though. That's staying at Albert Park. Run by the sport for the sport is how an insider described the plan to future-proof a permanent circuit on the fringe of Melbourne. If it goes ahead, the aim is to have the new track operating by 2026 or 2027. Formula One returns to Melbourne at the end of the week after two years without a race at Albert Park. The Australian Grand Prix is back with a bang after two exciting opening races. And according to TV pundits, Martin Brundle and Damon Hill, both seen and heard on Fox Sports Formula One coverage, we're in for plenty of action on the reconfigured, resurfaced lakeside circuit. I spoke with Brundle on his way to the airport for his flight from Melbourne to London, and he can't wait to get back here. Well, that'd be That's not where thrilled to be coming back to Australia. Uh, we missed it badly. Obviously, we had that fault 
start with the area where we all went up without a race. But it's good to be heading back that way. And, you know, I, I sense the, the real excitement more than ever about people getting out, getting to the racing car. The cars are fast, they look good. Statically, they look good out on track. Uh, the first two races and the, the Bahrain test suggested the cars can follow each other more closely without sliding around and burning out their tyres and, and what have you. So um, we're, we're very excited about it, really. I know there's been some changes to the track. I don't know what that's all going to um, going to involve in terms of the racing. We'll have to wait to see. The cars are dramatically different, though. So, and obviously, we've got Ferrari and Redwood up there, and we're, we're hoping that Mercedes uh, can get their act together and sort whatever balancing problems they got out Sadly for Aussie fans, Brundle fears Daniel Ricciardo is in for a tough time at Albert Park. It looks that way. McLaren desperately needs this new wind tunnel built and on stream, but for that, probably a couple of seasons away before that will have an impact. So they, we thought they looked very good in Barcelona, but I think they've had the firefight with freight. That's obviously affected the, the aerodynamics downstream. So I think they've got a fundamentally decent car. All the Mercedes-powered teams are hurting a little bit because they've no longer got a power advantage. In fact, just possible that's the third best engine on the grid now rather than the best. So they don't have that advantage. Um, and if you haven't got your, you know, these, as I said earlier, these, these aerodynamic packages, these aero rules are so powerful that you're out of the window, you're a long way out of the window at that show. It looks like Daniel and Lando and the whole McLaren team might have to just keep fevering uh, away and, and uh, be a little bit patient. Brundle joins Sky Sports F1 race caller David Croft at an Ask Crofty evening at the plenary at the Melbourne Convention Centre on Tuesday. High demand has expanded capacity at the auditorium and tickets are still available. Now, this will be the 25th World Championship Melbourne Grand Prix. The first winner at Albert Park in the modern era was Damon Hill, anchoring his 1996 World Championship win over Williams teammate Jacques Villeneuve. Hill can't make it to Melbourne, but he'll be watching with extreme interest from home. I will miss it. Um, it's always a good event. It's unusual it's not the first race, but... Um... In some senses, it's good because it's it's already set up, isn't it? The uh, people know what to expect. Well, it's been an exciting start to the series. The first two races, are you expecting that to continue in Melbourne? Uh, yeah, very similar, I think. Um, yeah, I think if Jed was anything to go by, um, you know, I think that it could be very close with the Fries and the Rebels again. Well, it's great to see this competition and, of course, it's great to see Ferrari back, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, you know they're, they've always they're always such a big part of Formula One, and um, it's uh, you know they've been up and they've been down and they've been around for a long time. So this looks like they've taken the right turn, and um, much to everyone's surprise. But they did they did dip out last year and kind of regroup their forces, and so um, I think if they hadn't done this, then um, then it would have been looking bad for them, so I'm pleased for them.
Hill has special memories of racing in Australia and at Albert Park. Yeah, I, I won in Adelaide and then mm. in the, the previous year and then at the start of the next year, I went to Melbourne. So um, I won back-to-back -back Australian Grand Prix, which is an unusual thing. Back-to-back um, -back to Grand Prix that happened to be in the same country. But um, uh, it was the start of a good season between me and Jack. Jack um, arrived for the start. So that was, that, that was actually, so this is the 25th, Melbourne Grand Prix because we've had a few years that were dropouts, haven't we? Mm -hmm. Well, one year that's a dropout. I can't remember. Oh yeah, we had two years because we went there, and then the COVID struck in twenty nineteen, didn't it? Twenty twenty, yeah. Twenty twenty, yeah. We've missed two races. Yeah, so the twenty fifth. It was supposed to be the the twenty fifth race, but mm. um, it never happened. So the organizer, Andrew Westacott. Andrew Westcott said, "You, you know, you don't forget you can still come back because we still haven't had the twenty fifth yet." <laughs> but um, so this is the twenty fifth, even though it's not twenty five. It's over twenty five years now. But um, yeah, time flies. But uh, but and you look at the cars now. You look at the cars racing in in ninety six, and um, they look really slow. <laughs> it's quite scary. Still on the AGP and fans will be able to interact with Formula One drivers again. Race chief Andrew Westacott confirmed there won't be an F1 bubble as such. They have an obligation to follow um, some FIA rules and uh, for the first two rounds, those FIA rules have meant that in the paddock, they've had to have the wearing of masks as a mandatory requirement. But they won't be in a bubble, they'll be um, free to act and uh, interact with Melburnians in whatever way, shape or form they want to, want to do it. Um, they may, for their own business continuity reasons, want to um, probably limit exposure far and wide, but they won't be operating in a bubble. So we'll expect that they you know, stay at their hotels in, in town, drive to the circuit, walk along the Melbourne Walk. They'll get up into the paddock club to see some of the guests in their team suites and so on and, and, and have a really good time. There'll be sessions on the um, driver interview stage and there'll be lots of other activities. So if they do want to wear masks and, and separate themselves slightly, then it's for sort of continuity reasons so that they're not inadvertently getting COVID. Uh, um, acknowledging, however, that all of them are double vaxxed and probably a large majority are also um, had booster shots. This is the latest the AGP has been held in Melbourne and Westacott is looking to regain first race status in March next year. Yeah, I, I, I do love the I do love the first race. I don't mind being third race this year. We typically have conversations with Formula One during the event when they're here in Melbourne in in a fortnight um, about next year's calendar. Um, we'll need to take into account the timings of Ramadan and um, other scheduling. I mean, they've got 23 races this year. I mean, they have dropped out Russia, so they're going to have to get a replacement later on in the year, and I, I know they're working on that. So there's always some scheduling considerations, but if it's uh, if it's not the first race, it'll be the, the second race or third race, and at the moment um, uh, that'll be sensible conversations and cordial conversations that we'll have with them in, um, in April, May and June, but, uh, you know, we'll be at the pointy end, I've got no doubt about it. But getting back into March, 
is that preferred longer term do you think yeah look it's it's preferred because it places less less impact on the sporting users of albert park um but we've shown this year that we can accommodate them I in every sporting club in in albert park has got alternative playing fields and um we've come up with very sensible arrangements for for change rooms and others where we've had to occupy them makes it a little bit easier if it's um, a few weeks earlier but you also you run into the tail end of the summer sports season so the, the reality is whether you're in March or April or there's occupancy of the park at any other time of the year and I'm not suggesting that we're going any other time of the year you're always going to have a, a period of time where you're inconveniencing people and we're just going to make sure that we work around that so um, earlier is a bit better um, but we've also shown that we can work um, sensibly with uh, all the stakeholders. Supercars will be back at Albert Park for round three of the championship. Dick Johnson Racing looking to halt Shane Van Gisbergen's Triple Eight charge. There'll be four 100-kilometre sprints across Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Also on the AGP undercard, S5000 and Porsche Carrera Cup. More to come after this short break. Racing cars need racing fuel, and Race Fuels is the best, most convenient way to power through your next meeting. Our famous Elf Race 102 is the control fuel of choice for the Touring Car Masters. It's available at the Bowsers, at Sydney Motorsport Park and the Bend, and it's available in drums at Winton. Imported direct from France, Elf Race 102 is affordable horsepower. For more details, head to racefuels.com.au. You're listening to Parked Up Plus. Welcome back. Also this weekend, Scott McLaughlin looks to continue his dream start to the IndyCar series at the Long Beach Grand Prix. McLaughlin is the surprise championship leader after winning the opener in St. Petersburg, followed by a very close second at Texas Motor Speedway. Scotty goes into the tough Long Beach street race with what he admits is a mixture of uncertainty and confidence. First off, folks, I'm, I'm not sure. I think we've got a pretty good streetcar package, obviously, from St. Pete. And, you know, we were strong there um, with the win and that. And I think Long Beach is not exactly the same sort of street circuit, but it's a street circuit in the end. And the philosophies and stuff is all the same, same um, in, in some ways. So, yeah, I'm excited. I, li- I liked that track last year. I think, again, normal sort of story for me. I didn't qualify that well, and that hurt me the most. But I actually felt pretty quick. So... I'm excited. I think I think we'll be, we should be there thereabouts. Well, I would have thought you should be excited after a win and a very close second. I mean, really, you must go there pretty confident. Yeah, I, I feel. Look, I, I'm in a really good spot right now. Um, yeah, I think we've just capitalised the last two rounds on the good cars that we've had. Um, you know, and that's what you got to do in the series. You got to limit the bad days and make the most of the good days when you've got a good car. It's all about that for building the championship and, 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 you know, being where we want to be at the right time. So, um, yeah, right now, like I feel really comfortable for where I'm at with, with my engineer, with, you know, my surroundings. Um, and, and then now it's sort of just about focusing and, and making sure that I make the most of each weekend, um, as they come. What's helping McLaughlin is his supercars experience of establishing an early title points lead. Yeah, yeah, it is, and you know, um, I'm sort of going into each round now. Like last round, I was sort of, I had like a 15 point lead, and then I was sort of like saying to myself, okay, well, 
I got a 15 point head start. So if this is round one, I've got a head start, you know? So I'm sort of like looking at that each time. Um, you know, I know, I guess in some ways it's nice that I've had the experience of winning and consolidating championship leads in the past in supercars in, in a category that's very similar in competitiveness to Indica. Um, so I feel like right now I'm in such a nice, that's not really an unknown spot, you know, folks. So I feel... I feel comfortable. I know that it's a long way to go and there's plenty of points to up to grab, so I'm not getting too excited. But at the same time, like, I'm not, I guess, crapping myself that, you know, I'm leading the championship and all that sort of stuff. I'm just, just taking it in my stride. And, and that's, um, you know, something that I put down to the experience that I learned in, um, in supercars. The Long Beach Grand Prix will be run in the early hours of Monday morning, Australian time. And speaking of flying Kiwis, is there no stopping Shane Van Gisbergen? Fresh from sweeping Simmons Plains, SVG starred in his Australian Rally Championship debut, finishing a strong second to reigning champ Harry Bates in the National Capital Rally outside Canberra. Even more reason why the hot tip is that he'll make further appearances in the ARC later this year. Now, SVG can't do the next round in Western Australia because it clashes with the Winton Super Sprint late next month, but he'll be free for the rest. With more on Van Gisbergen's rally raid and the rest of the weekend's major racing, here's Parked Up's Grant Rowley. A packed entry contested the opening round of the Australian Rally Championship in Canberra. Toyota Gazoo Racing Australia driver and reigning Australian champion Harry Bates took victory in his Toyota Yaris AP4, co-driven by John McCarthy. But the big news was who came home in second. In his ARC debut, current Repco Supercars Championship leader Shane Van Gisbergen finished just 1 minute 30 behind Bates in his Skoda Fabia R5 with experienced co-driver Glenn Weston calling the shots. Rounding out the podium was Brendan Reeves and Kate Catford teaming in a factory-supported Hyundai i20N R5. Aprilia's Alex Espargaro took his first career MotoGP victory as the Premier class raced in Argentina. The Spaniard only the previous day achieved his maiden pole position and duly converted this into victory despite Pramac Racing's Jorge Martin leading for much of the race on his Ducati. Espargaro shadowed his fellow Spaniard for much of the race until making a decisive move within the final five laps. Martin finished second while Alex Rins completed the podium in his factory Suzuki. Jack Martin led the Aussie charge in 14th ahead of Remy Gardner in 17th. Following his retirement from MotoGP last year, Valentino Rossi announced his transition to four wheels where he would contest a full season in the Fanatec GT World Challenge Europe, powered by AWS. Rossi partnered with former Bathurst 12-hour winners Team WRT in one of the five Audi R8 LMS Evo 2 GT3s. Teaming with Frederick Vavache and Nico Muller, Rossi finished 17th as Audi teammates Dries Vanthor and Kelvin Vanderlyn took a 6.2-second victory from the Mercedes-AMG of Rafael Marciello and Daniel Junkadella. At Richmond in NASCAR, Joe Gibbs Racing's Denny Hamlin took a last-gasp victory ahead of Ford's Kevin Harvick and the Chevrolet of William Byron. The race featured 13 lead changes, 7 different leaders and 5 cautions. And finally, ahead of this week's Australian Grand Prix, Formula One management announced it will race along the famous Las Vegas Strip next year. 
There's plenty happening in motorsport. A huge week ahead at the Albert Park track. I'm Grant Rowley reporting for Parked Up Plus. In other news, Supercar's head of broadcast, Nathan Prendergast, is swapping four wheels for two. He announced his departure last month, and we've now learned he's going global, set to produce the telecasts of the new FIM Supercross World Championship. Prendergast has directed the world-class TV coverage of supercars for the past several years and will sign off after the Darwin Triple Crown in June. He's been poached by none other than Supercar's founding father, Tony Cochran, who's behind the Supercross World title. The stadium series is due to start in September. And finally, a new V8 race series was announced over the weekend. It's the Mark Cars series. That's Mark, M-A-R-C. And it's open to the Gold Coast Makers' existing low-cost Ford V8-powered races and its new GT model. Mark Cars proprietor Jeff Taunton says the own brand competition has a very simple aim. Uh, a good series with good people in the series and naturally trying to get a lot more in the series. With the cars we have, we've got enough to start, but we have a, a lot of the new GT model coming online over the next few months, which will you know, get us up in good numbers, 16, 18, even 20 cars by the end of the year. But yeah, the, it, it's all about the series, Listen, listening to our customers and people in general. They want they want a series, like, like I, I suppose in supercars and everything, it's all about the series. And yes, we have a series with the AMRS and going forward, I think it'll be really good. First meetings at the Bend in a few weeks' time. I'm very much looking forward to it. So it'll be for all models of... Mark from Mark II and the new GT. There'll be separate trophies for each class, but certainly all within within the class. Um, we have a handicap system, the way we use it on qualifying, that the end result at the end of one hour, if everyone actually does exactly as they qualified, everyone would be on the main straight on the last lap, all going for the finish line. That's how the that's how our our handicap system works. Uh, it worked very good in the past with some other series we've been in. So it certainly enables anyone, whether they're up the front, a front runner, or, you know, or, or, or up the back, it gives them uh, the ability to win a race. Mm-hmm. Um, because yes, it basically, if they actually do their qualifying times every single lap, they actually, it's very hard to do. You, you will win the race. But yeah, having the two one-hour races it is very hard to win the two-hour races, two one-hours. You know, if you do win the first race, the way the handicap system works, it makes it actually quite hard to win the second race, but you'll still be up front. But it is all about keeping uh, the series alive with whether you're the front runner or the rear runner. That gives everybody a chance, which I, I just believe giving everyone a, an equal chance. There will be seven rounds at AMRS events with the new Mercedes C63 Coupe look Mark GT due to debut in the second round of Winton in June. Well, that's it for now. Back this time next week with the latest news and views on what's happening in motorsport. In the meantime, tune in to Parked Up with Grant Rowley and Tony Delberto on Thursday for more discussion and debate on local and international racing. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to another Network R production. 